Hello and welcome to another episode of the Electric Speed Shop Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, today I'm going to talk a little bit about some EV news. Uh, I think the biggest news from the past week or so has been the investment by Amazon into Rivian's next round of funding. I'm going to touch on that and then along with that, kind of a segue off of that topic, is the autonomous autonomous driving that is typically found in most of the higher-end electric vehicles, especially in Teslas. Every single model has autonomous driving. That's, I believe they call it level five, um, which is basically the car will do almost everything for you. So first, let's talk about Rivian and Amazon. If you're unfamiliar with Rivian, they have an electric truck, an electric SUV. They're based off the same platform. Pretty much the only difference is they put a cap and some seats on, and the truck is now an SUV. Both of them are gorgeous vehicles. The specs on them in terms of range and acceleration are otherworldly. Um, and the interior design is very nice. There's a lot of, there's, there's pretty much nothing to dislike about them except for maybe the price. And as I said, the latest thing in the news is their last round of funding was led by Amazon. That was to the tune of $700 million. A huge chunk of change, uh, and it just goes to show you how much money is needed if you're going to do a full-on electric vehicle startup where you're going to mass produce vehicles. If you recall, Tesla did the same thing, you know, 10 some years ago now at this point. And if you're unfamiliar with how that went, that is how Elon became CEO. He was the lead investor in, I believe, two, if not three, rounds of their funding, which got him on the board and then. Uh, long story short, he is now the CEO. So why do I think Amazon, and I've seen this written otherwhere, and I, I think it's fairly reasonable, is a wants to be a, a lead investor. Um, I think that they are going to be very interested in the autonomy that Rivian's going to promise. I think they're going to be very, they're very interested in the trucks. And I think that Rivian will probably produce more of a a work truck at some point, and if not, some type of large van. Uh, it's not totally unreasonable to think that they could even just use the platform with which they're building the truck to make a, a van similar to what you see Amazon packages often being delivered in um, from their warehouse down to residential neighborhoods. So if you think about that, that's a lot of people that are currently employed and a lot of packages that get delivered. It's a lot of driving. So if they can figure out a way to automate the packages going from the warehouse to the residential location or the business or wherever they're shipping, I think that long term it would save them money. I think that there's big economic impacts. Obviously, as I said, they're hiring a lot of people. I'm not going to get into the whole politics of that, but it's a huge impact on their bottom line. Now, they would still need to solve a way to get the package from the van or truck to the doorstep or into the office or wherever they were delivering to, but I can see that being their plan is to use Rivian's platform to develop some type of truck that's capable of autonomously delivering not as much packages as a tractor trailer, but 
more of the from the warehouse to uh, residential locations or, or businesses. I think that they could also be interested in just an electric truck or an electric van, like I said. Uh, maybe not with the autonomous features, but just to replace some of their current internal combustion engine uh, trucks or vans right now. It's, uh, from a maintenance standpoint, from a fleet standpoint, you can imagine how many vehicles Amazon has to be doing oil changes and routine maintenance on internal combustion engines, cars, or vans. For that many vehicles has to be an astronomical number. So you could think if they can switch all that just to electric, what they're going to save in gas and maintenance costs would also be a, probably huge for their bottom line. How many warehouses they have and all that they certainly have the infrastructure to set up charging stations of their own so that each truck or van could be charged overnight or throughout the day depending on what shift they're delivering packages um, they would have i think little to no no issue getting that set up that is why i think amazon was a lead um, investor in this round of funding i think they want to if they don't already have some type of partnership with rivian to be able to use their platform to electrify their fleet and then eventually down the line automate their fleet. And like I said, maybe they're not going to replace the drivers, but maybe the driver can now do more packages per day because they're not driving. They're just delivering to doorsteps. I don't know. I'm sure there would have to be some type of work study done with, you know, it's less taxing on the drivers now. So they had the ability to deliver more packages or work longer hours. I'm not sure. I could definitely see something like that like that happening. So I'm going to post an article, as I do every other Tuesday, about their most recent and relevant electric vehicle news that will be up on electricss.com tomorrow. Today is Monday when I'm recording this, so that will be up on Tuesday, the 19th of February. So keep an eye out for that. You can go visit. Uh, Rivian is the top bullet. There's only a handful this week it's been kind of a slow news week in the electrical vehicle market um, and honestly I've been pretty busy with my full-time gig so I have if there's things I missed which is likely um, you know you can leave a comment there or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter and let me know hey you missed this and I can certainly add it to the list so the second thing I wanted to talk about this podcast is the autonomous vehicles in general they are, the autonomy is very popular with electric vehicles, uh, mainly thanks to Tesla, but you're seeing it become almost a standard feature in a lot of the electric vehicles that are coming out, electric cars that are coming out, and in my opinion, I know it's an awesome feature, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, I'm not saying it's not great, but I think that if you were to remove that would get an affordable EV for everyone. For example, the Model 3. If you were to take out all of those sensors and all of that software, and I understand the software uh, aspect, how they change it from model to model, is minimal in terms of changes since they're using pretty much the same, same software. 
but I can't imagine removing the code and then not having to do updates on it um, would be more costly than just keeping it in. And then, like I said, the installation of those sensors, the maintenance on those sensors, if they go bad, all of that. I don't see how that couldn't produce a more affordable electric vehicle. So from that standpoint, if they want to get down to having a vehicle that everyone could afford, take out that autonomy or take out some of it instead of having, like I said, I believe it's they're at level five, have a lower level where, you know, maybe you're just at, you know, park assist or, um, you know, the adaptive cruise control, lane changing, things like that. Have it be a lesser level of autonomy. I think that would probably save money. And again, if you're someone who knows more about this than I do, which I assume there are a lot of people who do, please leave a comment or reach out to me on Twitter and let me know that I'm completely wrong and this is why I wouldn't save money. Just my thoughts. Um, I also, that's another reason that I like conversions. I think that the power that electric motors provides is fun. And if you want to have a fun car to drive, you want to actually drive it. You don't want to have the computer driving it for you. And that's, to me, the beauty of conversions. You're able to actually stomp on the pedal or accelerator or throttle, whatever you want to call it, and feel that power, feel what you're capable of doing. Most uh, electric vehicles, if you're buying a stock one, are pretty well balanced because of the batteries being spread across the bottom of the frame. Most EV conversions, if they're done right, will also try to reach a good balance, 50-50, side to side and front and back. So you'll also have a pretty well handling car. And again, that makes it fun to drive. Keyword being to drive and you have to drive it to have fun, not have the computer drive it. So those are just some of my thoughts. I do think eventually we will see electric vehicles come out without that level, uh, maybe in the next five years, and that's how they'll keep some of the costs down. Longer term, I do think that once the autonomous driving becomes uh, better developed, and I'm talking like 10, 15 years, I think it'll be a standard feature on pretty much every car. I agree it is definitely safer. Anyone who argues that, uh, I think you should do a little bit more research because the computer and the sensors are, are much more aware of everything going on than a human driver. Um, you know, especially if there's someone's had a long day at the office or on, you're on a long road trip. You just, I don't think you'll ever convince me that a human is, is a safer driver or a better driver, especially in those circumstances. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Electric Speed Shops podcast. Let me know what you think of this format. I know there's a lot of background noise. I record these in the car while I'm driving home, and I do not have an electric vehicle, believe it or not. So there is a lot of noise from the engine and uh, a lot of wind noise because I have a removable pop. Um, so I apologize for that. But let me know what you think of the content. If you like listening to these podcasts and just checking up on the electric speed shop in this manner, again, you can always visit the, uh, the electric ss.com you can reach out to me on twitter electric ss or you can find me on facebook 
the electric speed shop. Thanks for listening. Again, any likes, shares, uh, anything of that nature, or if you leave any comments on those social media channels, I will certainly do my best to get back to you. Thanks for listening. Until next time.